Welcome to the Shift Podcast. In athletic competition, transitions are all around you, and you can either make or break you as an athlete and a team. And the reality is the same is true in life. Hello, my name is Jonathan Van Horn, along with former pro soccer player, Wells Thompson. And we are focusing on assisting athletes through successful transition in life and in sport. Enjoy today's episode. Well, dude, it's uh, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. I know we we chatted. I, I think we chatted a little bit about the podcast, but transitioning to life after sport, and um, you're in a, a transition yourself, moving to Philly. And how's that going, man? It's good. I mean, we love the area. It's definitely different. I mean, we we miss California. I mean, the weather and everything like that. Um, yeah. Although right now the fire is a little bit different, but um, it was good. We we really liked we liked the neighborhood we're in um seems like great people everybody's been so and i kind of had this perception of philadelphia like the people being a little bit rough yeah. you know maybe a little bit like like boston like tough rough around the edges yeah but the people, people been great they've been wonderful so it's it's been a good transition just now trying to figure out the school systems and like you know obviously with what we were just talking about earlier um is that the online is now turning into in class here soon and nice getting the kids to meet some actual people you know so yeah i was kidding um when we first jumped on about how how young you still look and you do look young just to give our 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 audience just a little bit of background so i was drafted in 2007 to new england and uh one one of the better teams in the mls right and so um i got to play alongside you man like one of the great seriously i'm not just buttering it up right now i'm not blowing smoke up your butt but like one of the greatest players to ever play um the game from america and so just to be able to like play alongside you and so you know obviously as you get older you start to reflect back on your career and and just kind of how things played out um but man I, i don't think i've ever told you this but i was just so thankful to to get to know you i felt like you mentored me a little bit uh, on the field, definitely on the field and also off the field. I mean, we, we did a little hunting and fishing together, but just a tremendous opportunity to play with the likes of you and Twelman and, and Noonan and Heaps and Showery and all those guys, right? So, Man, I, pre- um, I appreciate that. It, w- it was great. I mean, I felt like we had a great, obviously, we had a great team and great characters, great people on that team. And um, I really enjoyed our time hanging out and, and especially, I mean, obviously on the field, but off the field, getting to know you and, and doing the hunting and fishing together. Um, was was good. I got great memories of being out on Lake Pearl with with you and and my daughter Anna, and being out and you know fishing and swimming in the lake. So it was it was good times. Even though even though they did draft you to take my position, I still took you under <laughs> my wing a little bit. Well, they moved you. They, you went in the middle, man. Like uh, you know, like I didn't I didn't even t- I didn't take your playing time. No, no, sure. I, I know. I, I definitely <laughs> definitely I definitely moved positions, but I had been a right midfielder, and they then they drafted this 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 right midfielder from Wake Forest. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I but um, I mean, I I understand the business, and I was older, and it worked out. I thought I, I enjoyed playing in the middle. You did well. You did really well on on, on the on the wing. So it was all it was all good. Yeah, you know, one of the things that me and Jonathan talk about, and I'll let Jonathan ask a question here at some point, but uh, is we all have a story. And so I don't know if you've, you know, you're, you've, you've been coaching for the past how many ever years. You played professionally for, seemed like, 20 years, right? Can you just take us through briefly the beginning of, of soccer, your journey to a pro and what that was like? And so you're, you've come from a really unique perspective. Like when I was drafted, you know, people were minimum wage was like, uh, or the minimum uh contract was like twelve thousand dollars right so you and you've even seen before that 
Uh, so maybe you can hit on that a little bit and how you've seen the, the, the league develop and grow. Yeah, well, fortunately, we, we made more money than that actually before that, but it, it, it kind of went backwards and came back up. So they're doing pretty good right now. I did not know that part. Yeah, but they, uh, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, right? It's kind of a hotbed of, of, of youth soccer in this country. Um, a lot of professional players have come out of that area. So I grew up playing, playing you know, club soccer. And then I was never a star. My, my story is a little bit different, right? I mean, a lot of most players were always one of the better players in their team growing up. They played in state team, regional team, all that kind of stuff. So I was never the best player on my teams growing up. I played on the high school team as a freshman. I played, I played on the freshman team. Then I played in the JV team my sophomore year. Then I was in the varsity my junior and senior year. I kind of really didn't play all that much in my junior year. I kind of played a little bit here and there. My senior year, I started the season. I was playing pretty regularly. Then I missed a game through an injury. When I came back, I never started again. So I, my entire senior season, I basically was a sub on the high school team. And no way. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. So obviously the colleges weren't knocking my door down, you know, asking, trying to offer me scholarships. So, um, my, my big recruiting trips out of high school was, was a school called Drury College in Springfield, Missouri, and Arkansas Little Rock, who I don't think they don't have a team anymore. So I didn't want to go to those schools. I went to, I had an offer from a junior college in St. Louis, had a really good reputation, had a really good coach, former professional player and coach. So I went there. And during that year, my development, just like, it just, everything kind of happened for me that year. I mean, maturity, um, the mental part of it all these things started to kind of come together for me. So I had a really good freshman year. Um, and during that time, I was playing on a club team uh, called Scott Gallagher. It's a really, really great club team in, in the area. And I was playing up a year. And one of my teammates was already at Florida International University. So he basically talked to the coach said, hey, listen, there's this kid back home. And he's at this junior college and nobody knows about him. He's pretty good. You might want to have a look at him. So I ended up, basically, the coach took my teammate's word, never saw me play, I don't think. And... Who was the teammate? Trent Tokus. Um, so, do you keep up with him? Yeah. So, so Trent, I mean, like I said, he, he was a club teammate of mine, and, and I ended up choosing FIU. So he's my college teammate. Um, nice. Great guy. Great guy. Lives in Portland. Every time we would travel to Portland, I would I would see him. Um, so, yeah, I owe him a lot because without him, yeah. I don't know where I'd be. So basically, Coach took awesome. his word, went to FIU, and then uh, had some pretty good success. And I think my junior year, I led the nation in scoring and goals and assists. And then was driven. fortunate the timing of when the league started was like right when my after my senior year of college. So I was just finishing the season and then Major League Soccer is beginning. And we all knew nothing about it. It's like this there's new league starting here. Is this really going to work? Like what's going to happen? Am I going to make it? I, there was obviously a lot of unknowns. And when and I got drafted by the Tampa Bay Mutiny and then like, I remember going in there and going into the locker room and having Carlos Valderrama sitting next to me, right? One of the most famous players in the world of all time, right? Yeah. Greatest Colombian player, South American player of the year a couple of times. Guy was a legend. And I remember having a poster of him in my dorm room. And then a week later, I'm sitting next to him in the locker room. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like incredible. So it was uh, different, definitely a different path than, than a lot of guys took. Yeah. So, so Steve, just curious, like obviously a little bit different path, just really had to grind through, put the work in that kind of stuff. What were some of those things, those character skills that you developed through the midst of that? Like I said, you weren't the, the star player. You weren't the person that everyone was looking to, but yet you, you got drafted and you stepped into this new league in 96. Like what were some of those character skills that really you felt like helped uh, solidify you to be successful at each stage and then also into the MLS? Yeah. I think what happened for me, like I just, 
I got really focused and I, I just said, I'm going to work really, really hard. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what it came down to for me was like, I was playing. So that freshman year of college, I was playing, like I said, in junior college, I think it was about that time, right from my senior year, college, first year of college, I was playing there. They had this league in St. Louis called the Budweiser Premier League. So all the players in St. Louis, and it was like it, the, the age varied from like 16 to 40, a lot of professional player, former professional players would join this league. So they'd have a draft and different coaches. There was, like, there was like a few coaches, I think maybe 10, 12 teams, these coaches who were probably former pros would have a draft and they'd pick players and build these teams and you play in this little, you know, throughout the, throughout the summer and whatever it was. I didn't join a single, a, like a particular team. I would just go out and ask, you know, if the team was short players and try and play. And sometimes I would play two games in a night just because I wanted to play. So I, I was just working hard all the time and again like i said i think a little bit was late maturity like a little bit late of you know the physical part of it getting bigger and stronger but also for me was the confidence like yeah. during that time not being a starter and questioning yourself and then having a coach who really believed in me and and really helped me and then starting to see the success in the field started i started just feeling like okay you know what i'm i, I can do this i'm doing pretty well so and i just continued to to work really hard. And I think that's helped, that helped me throughout my professional career because, you know, Wells was saying earlier, you know, how, you know, I, I never thought of myself as a great player. I always felt like I always had something to prove and I was always trying to prove people wrong. And I think that's kind of what, what helped me throughout that. That's career. probably a lot of what made you great. You, you know, you never settled. You always took it upon yourself to, to earn your spot each and every time you went out there. So no doubt that attributed to your career. Absolutely. I mean, my dad would always tell me the story. My dad was, you know, always talking about, you know, Lou Gehrig and how, you know, how the career he began because the guy before him had played all these games, took a day off. Lou Gehrig came in and took that guy's job and never missed a game. That guy with the other guy, what happened, what happened to him? My dad was always like, don't let somebody take your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. When you went to Tampa Bay, did you, what was that transition like? Did, did you, did you play a lot? Was it, what was it? Was it a hard, harder transition going from high school to college or college to pros? Yeah. So in, in between, so I left, so this college season kind of ended and then it was like the winter break now at home um, and gearing up for the major, for major league soccer, what was to come. And I had a, I had a feeling I'd be drafted. I didn't know for sure, but I was home and I ended up playing in professionally indoor soccer for one month. Right. It's Cause it's be the St. The St. Louis ambush and I think I went out there trained and like, Hey, listen, you sign this contract. And I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen with this, this new league. I want to play outdoor and I will sign this two week contract. So I signed a two, two week contract. And then that ended and they're like, here's sign another two week contract. You still have a little bit of time. So I played another one and then they're like, listen, we want you to stay and play. And I said, no, thanks. I'm going to try and do this outdoor league. Um, and I think at that time you can sign two, two week contracts and that was it. That was the maximum you can do. Then you had to commit, for the full season and I said no thanks so I was playing indoor which was a blast right because growing up that's all I had to, to look up to we didn't have a professional outdoor soccer yeah. my heroes were these indoor players and I was going to play alongside them so that was really cool so then I, I got drafted by Tampa I went down there um and the team I like I said we had fell around we had a lot of a lot of other really good pros right a lot of guys who become professional coaches Frank Yala Martin Vasquez Clay Coyman Roy Laster, Giuseppe Galdarisi, all these like established good pros. And then there was a couple of us younger guys. So it was, it was definitely, I was nervous, um, but it was good. I mean, from the get go, I felt like I belonged 
and I started from day one. So, and we had, and the great thing I think it made it easier for me was we were really successful throughout that whole season. We won the supporter shield and we were the best team in the league regular season. Um, the, the whole team lived together in the same apartment complex. So we had a great, you know, camaraderie and we were always together and it was, it was a really, really fun season. That's awesome. How did, uh, just in, in those early years, like I said, having that sense of feeling you had to prove and then like I said, joining the locker room with some of those just stars, icons of the game, you know, how did that, uh, how did that affect how you played in the field? You said, you said you were starting from day one. So how did that, just that confidence continue to, to bolster you as a player and, and build and build up some momentum in those, those early years? Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I just, I never felt like I, I was always trying to prove my worth. And even when I was, you know, having good success, I felt like, you know, this is even more reason to, to even, to work even harder and to continue to go. And I also, I also, I had Carlos Valderrama. It was easy. I gave him the ball and I ran, I get it back. It was easy. I didn't, I didn't try and do too much. I think that's the key. I mean, you don't try to do too much all the time. Like you, I, I just felt like, you know, I did what I was supposed to do, and I and I did that part really well. Yeah, and just and it's interesting, Steve. Like, you know, say obviously from a, a statistical standpoint, you had an amazing career. Uh, the number of assists and goals, the, the longevity of your career, crazy success. Uh, it seems like the, a couple of themes that I've heard you talk about already is 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 work ethic. You had a really strong work, always feeling like you had to prove something, and then also you've mentioned this a few times is the simplicity of the game. It didn't overcomplicate things. Made you were focused. It didn't overcomplicate things. How have you seen that sort of those themes uh, allow you to be successful over the course of your, your 13 plus year career uh, within MLS and just the longevity of continue to, of that success throughout your career? Yeah, I think I was successful and I had a long career because of just consistency. Like I was, I, you know, I, I don't feel like I had always had amazing games or really bad games. I felt like I was pretty consistent throughout my career. You kind of knew what you were going to get for the most part. Um, and I think that's, it's a good attribute, especially when I turn into coaching and it's like, you want to have guys you can rely upon and who you, mm-hmm. you trust and who are going to, going to do the job all the time for you. So um, that definitely helped me. I did actually, I did an appearance with some a group of kids last, just recently and they were asking me about, you know, you know, about how do you stay in the game when you, when you're making mistakes and how, you know, I feel like these a couple of kids came to me where it's like their confidence are gone. How do you stay with it? And how do you continue to, to go? And then basically just said, listen, it, it, does, it, it, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, right? For me and on the field, it comes down to, to doing the simple things, right? Get yourself, build yourself back up, plain simple, doing, doing the little things right. Um, and then just to believe in yourself. And I think you always have to have that belief in yourself. Did, did your belief struggle throughout your career? I mean, as a guy that played alongside you, I just felt like it, it, was, it wasn't an issue for you. It wasn't something that you struggled with. No. You knew that when you stepped out on the field that you were going to play well and that you were a good player. And <laughs> not definitely not Wells. Um, maybe I hit maybe I hit it well because I definitely had insecurities for sure. Like, um, you know, I had a couple seasons where I didn't play great, and obviously I had I had you know a few heartbreaks along the way as you did, right? Yeah. Question yourself when you're losing, right? You're losing all the time, and it's like you want to be a great player, and then if you're not winning championships, are you great? And so I always had those questions about that, but also, you know, missing the world cup when I was yeah. you know, part of that group and I played all these games and then scored the winning goal to qual- help us qualify, played 
all, more games than anybody else in 2005. And in 2006, to, mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I picked up a, a little injury and then to be left off the World Cup, there was some, some definitely some, some struggles along the way as well. In the, in the midst of just the overcoming some of those struggles, those obstacles, and some of the other things we already talked about as far as themes, you know, how, did you, how did you apply those same things in coaching? Because you went from, you were a player coach in St. Louis for a little bit, uh, mutually part of ways, went back to New England real briefly, and then injury, but then went right into coaching uh, as soon as you got done playing professionally. How did some of those things help you in that transition? Yeah, well. How many years have you been coaching now? 2010, right? So I retired and then I basically retired, got my car and drove to Houston, Texas and began coaching with, with, with the enemy, right? The team had beat us two times. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Is that weird or what? Yeah, it, it was. Well, it, it was. So Dominic Kinnear was the head coach of the Dynamo. He was also a former teammate of mine in Tampa. We were, we were good friends. And, we, and along, along the way, he'd always said, hey, someday I would, you know, have you come, come coach with me kind of deal. And then yeah. I got a phone call. I'd, I'd gone back to New England and got injured again. I got a phone call saying, hey, would you want to come be my assistant? And uh, at that point in my career, I was a little bit older and had come off the back of, you know, some pretty major injuries. And uh, so I went down there and, and joined him. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was hard, to be honest, because you're walking into a building, you have all these pictures and stuff of them celebrating championships and there's trophies. And it's like, oh, there, there's, there's me. Paint the picture for the audience. Why was it hard for you? Because they had beaten us two times in the in the, uh, in the MLS Cup, two years back to back in 2006 and seven, they beat us in heartbreaking fashion in the MLS Cup final. Um, and did the, beat us in penalty kicks. What's that? Did the jokes ever stop when you were a coach? No. Like, did they just lighten up or? They, was, they were good. I will say like the most, for the most part, the guys, they were good. You know, there was a few little jabs here and there by a couple of guys, but for the most part, they were respectful about it, um, which I appreciated because it would have been easy, right? And they, and at the same time, we were that was a couple of years past, and we're trying trying to win now, right? It's what happens. Yeah. it's not yeah. that important anymore. It's about going forward. So there were definitely a few times when it was brought up, um, and just for me, just it it did hurt to be in there sometimes to to look and reminisce and go. Man, it could have been us raising that that, yeah. that cup, you know. So, but anyway, so I was in Houston for a number of years, and it was it was odd because I I come from Steve Nickel for I was with Stevie for ten years, and you always try to take things from people, right? Mm -hmm. You're always trying to to learn. And as a player, I always thought if I were ever to be a coach, I would not want to do that, or I want to do this kind of stuff, right? So I had Stevie, and then I went to Dominic, and I thought, hey, they're both Scottish, they're both going to be really similar, um, and they're nothing alike. So I was kind of blown away, like you you have this certain style and philosophy of, of you know working with people and then you get to another side and, and it's completely different and they could both be successful and they both were so mm -hmm. it was uh it was good but I went to Dominic and I was so green I had no idea what I was doing I'd never coached anything right I not only think yeah. I went out and coached youth soccer but I mean my kids team one time um but I had no real experience of coaching and kind of thrown into the fire and, and Dominic is very type a and he did most of the stuff anyway so it was good for me to be around them and um, and to learn. How did uh, just making that that change and that because it's pretty pretty quick, you know, obviously playing, going right into coaching, not really coaching before and stepping into a professional environment as a coach. How, what was that transition like for you? Like I said, going, not only just the, the pressure of obviously losing to Houston a few times in the finals, but then also just the reality of going from a player environment and and showing up to training, having to prepare for you, stepping in to now being on the other side of preparing trainings and coaching and leading in that space. 
yeah. But the rumor was too, because the soccer community is very small, is that you would kick everyone's butt in practice. Like you could still play, and you were playing. So was that was that hard too? Like, hmm. should I hang them up? Should I not? Yeah, yeah. So well, the first part was I was scared going in there as a coach. I honestly, I was like, okay, didn't you know it was all new? And mm -hmm. again, you're trying. Yes, no matter like. It, it's, been, it's a new career. And yeah. yes, I was successful as a player, but that doesn't necessarily automatically in turn make you a great coach. So, and I knew that and I wanted to learn. And um, obviously we had, a, we had a really good team there and I was coming in trying to help, you know, just keep moving forward. So it was hard and it's, it's still hard. Coaching is way different than, than playing. When you're playing, yeah. you're selfish. You think about yourself for the most part, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then as a, as a coach, it's about, you have to oversee everything and you have to worry about every single mm -hmm. little detail situation, all those sort of things is much, much different. Um, there's no more off season. Like there was as a player when you can, you can relax and get back and go back to North Carolina and pretend you're not a surf and some things like that. But, <laughs> but it, it's, it was like year round, man. And it, it's a grind and it's, it's, it's hard and it's, it, but it's enjoyable to, 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 to see the rewards of you know the work you're doing and see the success of, of individual players and as, mm -hmm. as, uh, and a, as a, for a team. And was that the plan for you to go directly into coaching? That's the thing, man. Like if I had to do it all over again, I'd have a better plan because that was, I, I honestly, it, I was very, very lucky, right? My whole life has been soccer and I, I played it and then this thing just fell in my lap and I was very, very fortunate that I had that opportunity. I've never really had to go out and do something on my own and really like really push to do it. These things have all like fallen in my lap for the most part. But now today I'm in a little bit different situation where I'm kind of trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. I'm still coaching, but it's like, is this what I want to do? I have to be a little bit more assertive and, and, yeah. and look for things right now. So if that's what I want to do. Yeah. So cause just, can you give the, the audience a little bit of a backstory? I know you're now in Philadelphia. You just finished up in, in San Jose. Can you share a little bit of just the last basically nine months of that transition uh, to where you are today in Philly? Yeah. So when I was, we were let go in San Jose from the coaching staff at about the same time, my wife was offered a job and I'm, I'm very lucky again that I've got a really, really bright and wonderful woman in my life, right? My wife is, is really, really great and she's really smart. Um, and she had this job offer. She's a lawyer and she had this opportunity. It was like, listen, we were at that point in our career in our lives where we've moved a lot, right? I mean, she and I met in Florida. We lived in Boston, briefly in St. Louis, back to Boston, Houston, California, and along the way with, with, you know, with three kids. So yeah. we got to the point where it was like, what do we want to do? Do we want to just try and settle somewhere? And in the industry that I'm in, there is not a whole lot of time where you can just put down roots, right? You've got to be able to get up and move and be a bit of a gypsy. So we just said, let's put your career first. So we basically said, let's put my wife's career first. I'll put me on the back burner and I'll try and I'll do some coaching here and there. And I was very, very lucky that, so she had the office in the Bay area and one in Philadelphia. And they said, let's, let's make a change. Let's go back to the East coast. We've enjoyed our time in Boston. Cost of living's better. There'll be more opportunities coaching for me. Um, so we moved the family here to Philadelphia and the, you know, earlier this year right crazy time to move across the country but it's it is what it is yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's actually been really good so um we're here in philadelphia and during that time again things i was lucky that i had you know i played with jeff cassar he was my college roommate who is also coach of salt lake city who's you know worked with jason christ for a long time jason christ is the coach of the us olympic team so jason 
was looking for assistance. He had Jeff and Jeff recommended me. I talked to Jason and Jason hired me on to be an assistant coach for the U S Olympic team. So I, during this last year, I've been, it's, it's a bit more of a kind of a part-time job because we're in for two weeks and we're home for a few months and we're back in with these camps. Yeah. So during this time I've been transitioning from stay at home, dad, teacher at home with the virtual stuff and also yeah. coaching with the uh, U S Olympic team. So now that the Olympics were postponed or what's going on, I've just kind of been hanging out. So this is what I mentioned as far as what's my next move going to be. Yeah. I think that, you know, we spoke before this week reconnected like two weeks ago before I was in Yellowstone. Right. And I, the last thing I want to do is put words in your mouth. Um, but I, I sensed a little bit of hesitation and uneasiness in the, in the sense of, Hey man, I've got to figure out what's next. And, and there's always going to be a little bit of that. Right. Um, I think for me, and you touched on it earlier, is when I retired, I had to initiate things. And I've never had to initiate things before. Everything just kind of came to me. And so I'm trying to figure out, like, is that a, obviously that's a struggle that you're having. And we were talking, I'm like, holy cow, Steve Rostin, like, bro, I could get me, like, I'm just thinking like all these things that you could do and, uh, you know, your career and what you've accomplished is, is, is phenomenal, right? And, and, and obviously that translates to life after sport. Um, my, my kind of, uh, confusion is like, how are we as pro athletes, uh, entering the real world with that mindset and what, is, and how do you fix that? Is that, is that the league being like, Hey, here's how you communicate, how your skills transition to life after sport, or, Hey, here's some, uh, challenges that you're going to face. And here's how to overcome those challenges. How do we get pro athletes to understand their worth? outside of the sport? Yeah, it's a great question, right? I mean, I think for a lot of the guys, it's like, you feel like you finally have to grow up. You've played a game your whole life and now you have to go into a real world of, of business and maybe you have insecurities and you question yourself that you're prepared and, and you're also starting late in your life, right? Most people are starting real real jobs at 21, 22. And here, I'm, when I'm retiring, I'm 36 years old and I'm going, okay. Real, real jobs, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> really, honestly, we played a good we played a game and it was, it was yeah the real world sucks man I, I don't i don't like it yeah seriously i wish we could go back to those playing, the playing days but um when I mean, you're retiring at 36 and you're starting a new chapter in your life and a completely different you know avenue i guess for some i mean mine kind of was a similar path but for a lot of people when they retire you know what they have to figure out what they do and at the time the league didn't help out a lot. I don't think, I think today, I think they're definitely helping players and they're giving more opportunities and they're offering more programs to maybe help ease that transition from playing to, um, to the real world. So I don't know what, I don't know what the best way to do it is and how do you, and what is the mental struggle for, for that transition to happen? Um, I wish I, yeah. I knew as well. Yeah. Well, see, just curious, what's from, from a mental standpoint, you, you mentioned that like you said earlier with the coaching, it was sort of given to you. Dominic approaches that, Hey, I want you to come down and join my, my staff. You know, you're looking at your career. Things have been, have been, you've worked hard for what you've been given, but you've never had to go out and search something on your own. Those opportunities have been presented to you. How is it just from a mental standpoint, how have you made that transition to now where you are looking like I have to go and pursue something or look for something outside of the game potentially? or whether it's continue to coach or whatever, maybe how has that sort of shifted for you mentally over the last, last few months? Yeah, it's been hard. Um, luckily we moved, we moved, we moved into a hundred year old house. So I've had a lot of time to like awesome. work on things to stay busy, <laughs> get my mind off of it. It's been too much time doing that. Um, 
But it, but it is hard. I mean, I'm at that point of like, okay, my wife even said, do you, do you want to stay in soccer? Is there, is there something else you would want to do? I mean, and I really, I, I, that's, that's where I'm having this, you know, this poll, like I love the game and I want to stay involved but at the same time. Like, I feel like that's not, I'm not just soccer. I have other things that I feel like I can contribute and be a part of and um, just trying to figure all that out right now. And um, I, I had an, an, an offer recently to do something that I'm now I'm kind of weighing, like, is this, is this what I want to do? Is mm-hmm. this, Cause it could be a job that I think I could have for a long time. And yeah. is it what I want to do versus do I want to try and get a, get in with a professional team here? Or do I want to try and do something, you know, a little bit different? Yeah. I mean, I think I told you that the, I think the opportunities are endless. Uh, when I first retired and I'd go around and tell people like, I, I thought people would literally line up at my door and like have a bidding war. <laughs> I want to take them for 200. Obviously it wasn't like that, but my wife, every time I, I tell my story, my wife's like, well, you didn't even put yourself out there. Yeah. No. And so um, like, mm-hmm. that's my advice to you. That's my advice to any pro athlete is like, utilize your contacts, just put yourself out there, tell people you're looking for opportunities because um, I think at the end of the day that people understand um, that um, it takes a, it takes a, like pro athletes have a lot of skills mm-hmm. and, and everything that they learn, Mike Jabala said it, right? Uh, being a pro athlete is the greatest training for life. Like the, the things that you learn. Um, and I think an issue that pro athletes have is being able to communicate and put into words like, Yes, I don't have five years of tangible marketing experience, but hey, this is really what I do have. And, and, and being able to communicate that in somewhat of a business way, right? Um, but man, I think the opportunity will be endless. I think if you put yourself out there, like I'm already thinking of ways that I can make money off you, you know? <laughs> you, sound, you sound like my wife right now. <laughs> you know, but it is true though. I honestly, like it really is true. Like I she honestly has said the exact same thing that you just said, like, you got to put yourself out there. Right. And because it's yeah. been so easy. Um, it's like, I've never wanted to be the kind of guy like, Hey, look at me, this is what I've done. Right. But you have to sell yourself. Right. And I'm realizing that, but I've, I've never liked that kind of attention about, you know, having to go out there and Hey, I'm, I'm this great. I can do this for you. Like I've, I've never really liked that kind of, it, it, it almost seems egotistical, little bit but that's that's life you have to you have to sell yourself and you got to go take things for your own um so yeah definitely i've seen your twitter handle man it's all about you yeah right i, have, <laughs> I don't even you don't even have one do you i actually i just signed up for twitter recently i've never posted anything because i had to do i did something for the revs i did like a, a video thing i think for them one time but yeah. um definitely not on twitter yeah, yeah. How, so, how have you, yeah. uh, Steve, how have you, I mean, you, say you mentioned you had a, potentially have an opportunity, but what are some of those things you've started to look at outside of the sport, outside of soccer that you just, uh, that have sort of piqued interest? I mean, you mentioned earlier on the show about, about hunting, stuff like that, but is there anything else like out there that as you've been to explore, what are some of those other things outside of the game that you're passionate about or excite you or bring joy to your heart? Um, I think for me, helping people really, honestly, like helping people is, is amazing. If I can find a job where I'm out there and I feel like I'm doing well for mm-hmm. other people, I, I, I enjoy that. But for things that I like personally, I like, like wells a little bit. I like to do some trail running, right? I like, yeah. I like to run. I'm not doing the crazy miles like he is, but I enjoy the trail running. I enjoy fishing. I love spending time with my kids and you know, my, my son's really starting like, like to play golf. So we play a little bit of golf here and there. Um, but again, soccer's the number one passion, really. Um, 
as far as other things out there, like, again, I don't know what I, I don't have experiences in other things, but I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I, I can take on things pretty well. Like, right. Yeah. I, I think I'm a quick learner. Um, I, I can, I can figure things out pretty quickly, even though I was having a little problem with the earphones earlier. I think <laughs> I, I, I can, I can figure out some, uh, some things pretty quick. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look a little bit of a crossroads right now. You know, if, if, if you're on, on the outside looking into the, to your own situation, uh, what would be one or two things of advice that you would give uh, an athlete, a former pro athlete transitioning, just moved across the country? What would, what would be some things that you would encourage them to do to, to move forward? Yeah, I think make up, have a plan a little bit, right? I mean, make sure you're kind of getting your ducks in a row and you kind of realize, but the thing is it's hard because as a professional athlete, you never know when your career is going to end. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to say, Hey, when you're, you're a young professional player, Hey, start thinking about your future when your focus is like, I'm trying to make this work. Right. Yeah. It's hard to have that backup plan along the way, but as long as you, if you can do that, if you can kind of get your, get your degree and get yourself on track and have that in your back pocket that you have something that you can, because a lot of times the kids are turned professional really early and they're not always, they're not going to college. So like, then you're playing professionally. And yes, the money's better now, but it's not enough, right? To survive yeah. for the rest of your, their, their lives. So when you retire, what do you have that you can do moving forward? So I think for me is having, having a, little, a little bit more of a plan than, than, than what I did. Yeah, we, you know, we, when we connected a little bit earlier, we, um, you know, I, when I think of how pro sports transitions to the business world, I always think of like hard work and teamwork and dedication and sacrifice. But what I've really come to understand is the greatest thing that soccer ever, ever gave me um, was the fact that it exposed me to people from all over the world and it took me all over the world, right? So expanded my horizons, like perspective, I was able to, to learn how to, you know, I played with guys that didn't even speak my same language, right? And so at the end of the day, life, business, everything boils down to one thing, and it's people. And mm -hmm. so I think often, you know, we get fixated on its IQ, but, you know, there's, a, there's all this EQ, uh, emotional intelligence stuff coming out. And that's one thing that we hit on is that you, you know how to get along with everyone. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, what you look like, like soccer allows you to do that. And one of the struggles I've had in my life is that like my life is really white and and middle class right now. And uh, like I miss the I miss the locker rooms where I have guys that don't speak the same language from all over the world. And yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. And we, my wife and I have had this conversation many times recently, especially with what's going on in the world. And we mm -hmm. feel like for us, the life that we that we led being in sports expose our kids to so many different things and yeah. I, I don't think that they look they look at people the same as a lot of other people do right because they've mm -hmm. they've been around it and for them that's that's just oh that's just shawry that's just so and so like that like it doesn't matter to them right because they've been surrounded by these people their whole lives and they've been exposed to it. and i think it's a wonderful thing that sports has also offered um for is for us is to to see like you said see the world and see different people and there's different cultures different class and different things like that so um, feel very fortunate that we got to experience those things. And I do feel like, you know, you can, we can go into a room with people from around the world and you can, so that's the beauty about soccer, right? It's not like yeah. you're playing a sport that is only played in one part of the world. Soccer's played everywhere and there's soccer fans all over the world. So you can always connect with people just be through that.
Yeah, no doubt. Um, so all that to say, man, you're going to be great. And uh, don't rush. Don't pick the first thing. I think that, you know, again, your opportunities are going to be endless. A, a struggle that I've had getting into the business world is learning how to, again, going back to what you said about knowing your self-worth. As a pro, I basically gave everything away. Hey, Wells, like if it was a personal connection, it was Wells, come to my, my team. Wells, come speak to my school. Wells, do this. And it was all for free, right? Yeah. Um, do you, do you, but I think that pro athletes should learn how to, to value their worth and their time. And so I'm not saying don't do anything for free, but learn how to, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and what do you all, think about that? All my appearances were paid. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, but, but it's, it's, it's definitely different, right? Because in, when I joined the League 96, we had to try and sell it, right? And as part, in, the, in the contracts, it said you had to do these appearances, right? So I remember going to grocery stores and outside Tampa, Florida, out in the country and like a, at a Publix and doing appearances and nobody knew who we were, right? And you're sitting there and you're spending your afternoon out there. Nobody ever, nobody knew you had a, there was a soccer team in the, in the town and it's like you're out there trying to sell it, right? So you didn't feel like you had too much self-worth at that time that you could be asking for, for money if nobody knew who you were. So we were definitely trying to, to grow the game. Um, but now it's a little bit different, I think. And I do think the players are, most of the appearances, I think they're getting a little bit of something, not always. And some, some people really, I mean, I know in the Bay Area, we had you know, Tommy Thompson, these guys who work so hard in the community and they're doing stuff for free and they're trying. And I think for them, it's a little bit of selling themselves as well. Um, but also they, they enjoy to give back to the community. So um, I think there's a fine line of like, yes, you need your own time is important and you need to do certain things, but at the same time, we're still trying to grow the game. He's got a great name. I'll tell you that. I, I was going to say something to you earlier, by the way. It's like this fraud stealing your, your identity. <laughs> That's right. For those of you who don't know, my name is Thomas Wells Thompson. Some people think it's funny. Uh, I used to always call you Tommy. Yeah. It makes me think of that old country song by Tim McGraw. Yes, yeah, right. I won't sing. But nice, we'll nice. take the girl. That's right. That's right. Well, well Steve, I'm, I don't know, I'm curious as far as uh, as you're looking at the horizon, uh, one of the things we always talk about within shift is, is the eye and shift is imagine the future. Uh, and there's a, there's a little practice called the genie effect. And basically with the genie, you rub the lamp and also the genie come, grants, grants you three wishes. So if you could, if you could make one wish for yourself right now, ideal job, ideal situation, ideal environment, what, what would that be and, and, and why? Wow. Um, I would, I, would, I would probably say coaching for the Philadelphia Union organization right now, right? I'm in the Philly area. I've been in yeah. professional sports for a long time. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the first team. It could be maybe the, the academy. I'd probably prefer the academy. I feel like mm -hmm. for me, the development, and again, part of it goes back to my own history of, you know, being a late bloomer and um, having coaches who didn't necessarily believe in me and, to the coaches who helped help me get to where I did. So if I can give back and do similar for that kind of that age group, yeah. the academy system, helping younger players, I think would be a pretty, pretty awesome job for me. Um, and at the same time, can I still help U.S. Olympic team, right? Can we qualify and go to the Olympics next yeah. summer? Because that'd be, because again, I've always been the, 
a bridesmaid, never a bride, right? I've, I've been to four, I've been to actually to six MLS cups, right? Four as a player, two as a coach and lost all six. Oh my gosh! I was an, I was an alternate for the Olympics. You won a you won a U.S. Open Cup, man. I do and a Superliga. That's right. Yeah. No, That's I mean, right. listen. I, I mean, we I did win. We won the Open Cup. We won the Superliga. I won two gold cups with the national team as and a supporter shield with, with Tampa. Right. So I have a few bits of hardware in there. But at the same time, six MLS Cup finals. Um, and then. To be left off the U.S. Olympic team in 1996, I was an alternate for the 96 Olympics, and then also again for the 2006 World Cup. Okay. Yeah. So this would be a little bit more of a redemption to actually go to the Olympics um, if we were to qualify and I can be a part of it. So that would be a nice, nice story. One of the things I'm interested in, and all these thoughts are coming as you talk, but when I retired and I look back on my career, I thought I was a failure. Like I played for nine years. I'm like, man, I could have been so much better. What, what, when you look back at your career, what do you see? Um, I see some successes, but I also see a lot of heartbreak along the way. But, but I look back at, I try to see the positive in it. And I look back at it and I go, I made some great friends along the way. And I had some great times, right? Some wonderful people, some great experiences. I mean, I remember the people more so than like the games, right? You remember a few games here and there, moments of, you know, when you scored a goal against San Jose, right? You hit this ball in the far top corner. I mean, I remember, yeah. I remember plays, right? But I also remember like the other experiences of, I felt like it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, and I, I enjoyed going to work every single day. I loved showing up and wanting to work hard. And we were all super competitive, right? We had a really competitive group of guys which helped make us successful. We also had a good time, right? And we all, I think we respected yeah. one another and had a great time. So I also look at it and go, I didn't start from my high school team, my senior in high school. How can I complain, right? I, I, I ended up playing for the national team 30-something yeah. times and had a long professional career. Like, I would say it, it, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible that you remember that, man. That was like 14 years ago. You remember that shot? That was my first goal, I think, maybe your second. But anyway, that's I do, the way it should be. I do remember. I was genuinely happy for you. I remember, I remember, the, I remember the goal, and I remember you, you know. You were like, you should kick with your left foot more. Yeah, the open <laughs> Right foot sucks. By the way, open, kick with yeah, your left it wasn't the best. But the Open Cup, scored a great, you scored the winner in the Open Cup for us, too. So you always remember it in, in Revolution history. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's right, man. Well, I think that's that's the way that it should be. And my perspective has definitely changed from when I first retired. But I mean, I think that um, you, you should always as a pro come away and look back and obviously things can can could have been better. Right. And that's life. You live and you learn. Um, but but I think that all pro athletes retiring and leaving the game should look back and be proud of themselves for what they have accomplished. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you if you feel like you you did everything you could, right? You were good. I always felt like I, I was I tried to do it the right way. I was always a good pro and showed up and ready to go. Of course, you're never you, you're going. There's going to be heartbreak and there's going to be losses and things like that. But for me, it shows the character of how you you return every every for us especially like you lose but you get back you lose you get back and you just kept always trying to 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 push forward and i think that was uh showed in our yeah. careers well i don't i don't just respect you because i think you're one of the greatest players to ever play uh, greatest american players to ever play but it's more because of the man that you are mm -hmm. And you love me, man. And uh, you just, you just, uh, you're a good dude, man. And uh, you've done a lot for the game on the field, but uh, thousands multiplied off the field, right? And I have, I have no doubt about this one thing, Steve, that your life after playing 
or the life that you have left to live is just going to be greater and greater than um, the life you've lived so far. Oh, so you I appreciate that, Wells. I hope so. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's been it's been such a blessing to reconnect with you, man. And let's get out in the woods soon. Yeah, I would love to, man. It's been too long. Love to love to see you and catch up. Yeah, you too, brother. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, Anything it. we can do to help you? Look, like I said, I got a hundred ideas about how I can <laughs> by using me. Yeah, <laughs> you can reach out to the Philly. They might have heard of you. You know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're that's uh, we're working on it. We're working on that's it. That's awesome, Steve. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you making the time this morning to connect with us and sharing a bit of your story and uh, and give us some some pearls of wisdom as well. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, guys. I hope we can do it again sometime. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening to The Shift Podcast, where we are assisting athletes through successful transition in sport as well as in life. We would love for you to subscribe, share the podcast, as well as leave a review. Remember, change is one of the only things in life that are guaranteed. Will you be ready?